0: happening? This is the tap in podcast. We are live inside the tap in studio, man. I got a gym in the building with us today. I'm telling y'all, if you are not tuned into this episode, this is the episode that you need to, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you are a musician, especially because most of the people who watch our content, you need to tune into this. I got Miss Emily De La Cruz in the building. How you doing, ma'am?
1: I'm good. I'm excited. (laughs) Yes.
0: Thank you for tapping in with us. I appreciate you. Of
1: course. Yes.
0: Um, I'm about to pour me up a drink. Do you want any?
1: Listen, I'm still recovering from last night, like I told you. Okay.
0: Okay. Shout out to our sponsors, Deception Whiskey, okay? This ain't your grandfather's whiskey. It got a little honey flavor to it, you know what I mean?
1: I'm going to pour me
0: up a, a little shot here. Just makes conversation a little bit, you know. You know what I'm saying? A little loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I want to give you a title as the the marketing guru. Does that does that feel good or does that fit? <laughs>
1: you surprisingly, you are not the first person to call me that. Oh, okay,
0: okay, then, okay. So, you are you are in marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you could just give like a um, kind of like a basic. For people, like, what is marketing? Because most people, I know when I think of marketing, I just think, oh, you just posting your content. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what is, what would you say is marketing one-on-one?
1: Yeah, so I've been in marketing over 10 years. So even since when I was in college, I started getting my first clients, you know, consulting and marketing. And... What people don't realize is, like, marketing has evolved a lot over time, and they often get it confused with advertising. Mm. So marketing is allowing people to understand, like, your message and your value proposition. Like, what makes you different from something else, right? So for deception, the marketing will be, how is it different from all the other whiskeys on the market, right? advertising is when you run advertisements, right? You put you get in billboards, you buying for Facebook ads, like you are trying to put your message out there, right? Mm. Um so when it comes to like your brand, your product, if you're, you're an artist whatever it is, marketing is all about like what is your message in the marketplace.
0: Got you. Okay. So not just posting your stuff on Instagram is not marketing. No. So posting <laughs> your stuff on
1: Instagram is content distribution. Okay. Right. Marketing is what's the message that you're putting out in that content.
0: Okay. How do how do people like even come up with a message cuz I always think about I like I know the, like the big brands like with Nike or you know whatever these big bigger brands are mm-hmm. like I understand how they put their message out but I'm like for a small like company or a small brand and somebody just trying to figure out where they even mm-hmm. even at in the marketplace how do they like even come up with their message or how would you suggest somebody come up with their marketing?
1: Okay, let's do a little exercise. So okay, gonna, let's let's play. So, when you started the Tap In podcast, right, mm-hmm. what what did you feel like was either missing in the marketplace or like what did you want to add, you know, to the to the conversation of podcasting?
0: So, my thing is I wanted to give a message. I wanted to give the like like a real cuz I I feel like with my podcast, I with Tap In, it's a one-on-one conversation. Mm-hmm. Most podcasts I see is like a panel kind of discussion. And so, I want to really dive deeper into the person that I'm um, talking to. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to, one, deliver a message, because I feel like everybody has a story. Yeah. And I wanted them to be able to use our platform to tell their story, get their story out there, mm-hmm. and make it a one on one, not where it's like a panel discussion. Mm-hmm. So, that was my thinking. And I want, and the tap in, it came from an interview that I seen Nipsey had, mm-hmm. and I was like, I like that. I like just that that phrase, tap in, mm. and I was like, I'm, I'm going to take that. So, so that's where the name <laughs> tap in came from. Gotcha. But the, the the thinking behind it was I want to really understand who I'm talking to and be able to get their story out there.
1: Okay. So when we think about the tapping podcast message, is that right? It's you don't have to compete on a panel for attention, right, to get your message heard. Because I hate – sitting on a panel and there's that one person that's long-winded and it's like baby it's 30 minutes okay get it out so the rest of us can talk okay um so that's one part of it right like hey when guests are coming on they know hey i don't have to compete for attention i'm gonna be able to tell my story i'm gonna be able to dive into you know what i really want to talk about so usually a brand's message is born out of like what they want to bring to the marketplace or like what makes them different sometimes it's just like what pisses you off right Mm. like Um, I've worked with brands where, um, so I worked with the Lip Bar and Melissa Butler, who's a founder, she really was like pissed off that the beauty industry was so like toxic, right? So she was like, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to make vegan products, right? Tabitha Brown done popped off, right? Mm. You know, because it's like, well, all these seasonings are trash. I'm always having to concoct my own seasoning, so I'm going to start my own seasoning line. So every entrepreneur always starts because it's like there's something missing out there and they want to like fill that void. So that's all about, you know, that's all your messaging. Uh, is about
0: Mm, okay okay do you ever see somebody that has a like a good product but they marketing or their messaging is just
1: every (laughs) day every day every day because the problem is is like people don't realize just because you're a good entrepreneur doesn't mean that you're a good marketer right Mm. it's two totally different skill sets and people think like oh well i'm just so passionate about whatever and it's like the pictures are looking crazy again there's no message I don't know what makes your brand valuable I don't know what makes your brand different I don't know why I should buy your product because you're just like well I just love my hair care line and it's like okay girl but there's 50,000 hair care brands out there like what's the difference you know is it is a special ingredient did you like do you have a special process is it like your grandma's secret recipe that's gonna like bring my edges back after postpartum like what is it that you're selling? And I think a lot of times we get so caught up in like, oh, well, I just I just have so much passion. And it's like, okay, you know, but passion is not going to pay the bills.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Damn right. And so I've seen, you you don't even know this, but you've helped me already before you even came on the podcast.
1: Why? How?
0: Because I've seen, uh, I, I was doing re- my research on you, right? And i seen you said something to the fact where you was like, People just post their stuff on Instagram. But you have to think Instagram is just a room, right? And you're posting your content in that room to the same people versus posting that same content to different rooms. Mm-hmm. And you get a bigger, I was like, ah. <laughs> and like a little light bulb went off. And I was like. Okay, so now that you make me look at Instagram a whole totally different way mm-hmm. and how I want to structure, and I can put that same content that I'm already putting in this same room, mm-hmm. I can start putting it in different places. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And the
1: thing, too, like the same way you have different rooms in your house, right? Like your bathroom is different from your bedroom, mm. right? Instagram is different from TikTok. It's different from Pinterest. It's different from YouTube. It's different from Twitter, right? It's different from SoundCloud, right? So you have to also treat each platform differently, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, I don't know what you do in your house, but it's like you don't go in like the way that you go into the bathroom is not the way that you go into your kitchen, right? right? Like right. you not out, you're not brushing your teeth in the kitchen sink, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, so right. it's also like when people think like, okay, I'm just going to shoot one piece of content and I'm just going to blast it all over the place, right? That's what we're told. Just repurpose your content. Just post it. And it's like the way that a YouTube video lives that's long-form content is not going to thrive on a short-form platform like Instagram or like TikTok, right? And my boy Mahdi, um, he had a very, a very good explanation where he basically was like, Um, on TikTok, people are going to, like, discover content. Like, you're not really following anybody on TikTok. Like, you're just more so coming across content versus on Instagram is where you go to keep up with people that you already know.
0: Right. You know,
1: people that you follow, people you already know, where you kind of, like, building relationships. Um, So when you think about it that way, it's like... The content that you put on TikTok, you need to understand that it's like people are strangers to your brand, right? They don't know who you are. So you have to do a lot more introduction. You have to give the backstory. You got to you gotta put them on game versus like on Instagram. It's people following you. It's family, right? So it's like you could keep them updated. You could, you know, post clips of the show, et cetera. But it's like if you post it on, on TikTok, it's like, okay, for the podcast or if you're an artist, you need to constantly like introduce yourself because you don't know who's going to come across what post.
0: Mm, Yeah. And I I think that's when I'm making a mistake because I I try to repurpose our content, but I put the same clips and I I try to just give them like a little like a little Costco size sample of the the full podcast. Mm -hmm. But I put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook. I put it on TikTok. It's like, how does somebody like how do you keep up with or I ain't gonna say how you keep up with, but. I understand what you're saying now the the messaging for TikTok is different from the messaging cuz I feel like I feel like I should be putting longer videos on my Instagram mm-hmm. versus on my TikTok or longer mm-hmm. videos on my Facebook, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I I need to like how does somebody get in contact with you if they want to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sure my uh, Instagram handle and website and all that will be in the show notes. It so will. they can definitely hit me up. But my website is One Day CMO. So it stands for one. the word one, the word day, and then CMO, which is chief marketing officer.com. So you can find me there. And of course, uh, Emily De La Cruz on Instagram. I'm not even about to stress y'all out with the spelling. Just go to the show notes, okay. just okay. hit the description on YouTube. Because we don't got
0: time for all those letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's get back into your background. So how did you even get started in marketing? Because I know like marketing is like a real vital piece of every business. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even think to even even pursue that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how did you get started in marketing?
1: So, I was, so, I'm Dominican and Puerto Rican, and uh, growing up, you know, the biggest thing when you're Hispanic, and I'm from the Bronx, so the biggest thing when you're Hispanic and you grow up in the Bronx is, you got to make it out the hood. You got to marry well, or you got to go to school and get a good job. Um, so, I had always been, like, a great communicator. Like, I love writing. Like, English was always, like, my favorite class in school. Mm. So, when I was, like, kind of researching careers, I came across public relations, right, and PR, you know, publicists, like, they're behind the scenes, they're getting people, you know, put on, they got people tapping in, right? Um, But when I got to college, with Instagram and Twitter and all that, like, being released, the publicist's job kind of changed, right? Mm. It was like, you don't need a press release to break news anymore, like, you're not calling up the news station or the radio, like, hey, trying to get on. Now you have control of your own messaging, right? You could just get on a platform and broadcast your own message, drop your own news, drop your own announcements. Um, So when I got to college, I kind of transitioned into just studying marketing because I saw, like, public relations – sorry, publicists – was kind (laughs) of like a dying industry, right? Like, it wasn't necessarily dying all the way out, but it was just changing so fast, right? Um, So I just started, you know, kind of studying, like, sales psychology, uh, behavior – um, you know, buying cycles, like what makes people buy certain things, right? So you ever go to the store and you see like something is like $7.97 or, you know, five ninety nine. dollars is yeah. because your brain thinks that five ninety nine is cheaper than $6, right? It's like, oh, it's a deal. It's not. It's yeah. the same. It's a penny difference. But that's why you see people price stuff at $9.97, 97 or $14.97, whatever. Because it's like, Oh, it's not 1500 It's almost 1500 but it's not really. So, you know, I started studying all of that. And, um, yeah, I just started working with small business owners. You know, I worked uh, for large tech companies, then started consulting, and now I'm here. So it was just all kind of planned, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned that sometimes God is going to shift you in different directions, and you just have to, like, go with the flow. Like, you know, I thought I was going to be in fashion, and I saw what they got paid, and I was like, absolutely not. Nah. Then, you know, I was in music, and I was like, this is ghetto. Mm. You know, then I moved. So it's like I kept moving from industries, until I basically ended up in um, in big tech. But just really being flexible, I think, is what made me a good marketer and always being willing to learn, you know, not being stuck in my ways of like, oh, well, I'm the expert. It's like, no, there's a new platform. I'm willing to learn it. Somebody could do something better than me. I'm willing to learn from them. And I think that's what always like keeps me kind of sharp.
0: Mm, okay. And when you said that you would, uh what college did you go to?
1: Syracuse University. The Syracuse
0: University. You went to Syracuse? Yes. Really? I'm orange. Okay. All right. I only, I only know Syracuse because Carmelo. Carmelo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who came for, for one year and left. Yeah. But
1: thank you, Melo, for yeah, your contributions, yeah. for putting yeah. us on the map. We
0: appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Um. When when it comes to, like, like, what you do in marketing, do you help, like, like, personalities as well, or is it just, like, brands?
1: Both, both. So, personal brands, which is, you know, people, Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, and companies, too, because Tabitha Brown, I I love her right now. She's, like, probably my favorite personal brand because she's just such a good example of how you could like, get paid to be yourself, Mm. right? Like, when you hear, uh, hello there, right, you immediately think Tabitha Brown, like, that's become, like, her moniker, right? You think you see vegan food, you think about her. You see uh, her clothes is in Target. She got accessories. She got, co- you know, colorful uh, uh, accessory lines. Like, she has all of these different things, but it's just, she's just getting paid to be herself, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and that's important too, because you have to figure out, like, how do you want to be portrayed in the marketplace, right? Like, Nipsey has a brand. Jay-Z has a brand. Um... Dane Dash has a brand, Diddy has a brand, right? DJ Kyle, Khal- you know DJ Khaled is going to be doing some foolery on the internet
0: all the time. You know, you know <laughs>
1: Diddy Diddy is about to get his money. He's yes. going to be plugging wherever he at, he's going to be plugging whatever he's selling, right? Yes. Jay-Z is going to be doing business deals in secret. Beyoncé is not going to pop up on Instagram until she on tour, right? Like every artist, every person has a brand, a way that they move um, a reputation, you know. And I always say like the the best way to be successful is to be well connected and well respected. Mm. right um and that's all like building your personal brand is it's just like what's the reputation that you have out there what do you stand for and like what do people think of um when your name comes up so obviously for me my personal brand when people think emily they think marketing right because that's just what i've been uh, become known for so
0: yeah yeah man man it's so it's so many different like i feel like different branches when it comes to like marketing and what, what is your opinion or what are feeling on like ai because i know i've been seeing a bunch of people pop up like on instagram trying to push ai marketing and all these different new apps that can help you mm-hmm. what is your feeling on like ai marketing
1: i think it's an exciting time honestly like It's scary because it's like a lot of what I do, like as a marketer, is like could be replaced by a machine, right? You have Chat GPT that could like create a social media calendar for you, that could write captions, that could write show note descriptions, that could do all these things. So a lot of what I'm getting paid to do is now a machine could do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kinda scary, but it's also exciting because now people who don't have the means to have a strategist, right, to pay thousands of dollars can get their their uh their marketing done for very, very cheap very very quickly mm. um, but there's lots of apps so there's one called Video V-I-D-Y-O that like will cut up all your clips right so you put you upload one YouTube video and it'll cut up a whole bunch of clips um, you have obviously ChatGPT is a big one um, you have Dolly which will like create images so you could be like um, take this I don't know take this prompt like <laughs> give put a giraffe on top of the Empire State Building and make the sky yellow right and boom you have a picture and with that greatness also comes some risks, right? Because now you can, somebody could generate a picture of me somewhere where I'm not supposed to be at, right? Mm, yeah. Somebody yeah. could generate a picture of, of the president meeting with, with, with somebody else, right? So it's yeah. like, it could get real messy. You could put Jay-Z back in the elevator with Solange, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, things could get crazy. Yeah. Um. So it's a, it's a very interesting time to see, like, what is going to come out of AI in terms of, like, regulation and things like that um cuz yeah people can do some crazy things but
0: i want to see i think it's a I, I think it's i think it's cool but i don't think the the ai got that that little flavor it definitely don't have I no mean? seasoning yeah it definitely like definitely does not have no I, seasoning i tried to cuz i've been uh, just doing research like trying to how to get grants you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i was like uh give me a grant like proposal or and it gave me all these big ass words and mm-hmm. i was just like this don't really feel like it's coming from a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feel like it's coming from a computer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I I, don't. I see it's good, like, for, like, small stuff. Like, you want to create pictures and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And even, I even stole something else from you that you don't know. <laughs> On Canva, you can put in um, mm-hmm. different, like, you can describe, uh a picture that you wanted to create, mm-hmm. and Canva will create the picture for you. For those that don't know, yeah, Canva is a, a site where you it, it does everything, like whatever. But I stole that from you as well. But I don't know if AI, I don't know if AI is gonna like last. I think it's like a, it's mm-hmm. almost like a, a Bitcoin. I feel mm-hmm. like you know, interesting. what
1: interesting. Mean? I think it's gonna evolve, and that's what's gonna make it change. You know, okay. like for example. There's a lot of companies now that are talking about, like, how could they use, like, AI to for their workflow. Like, in Fort Worth, you know that they got a McDonald's that doesn't have any people?
0: I heard of that. I yeah, heard it's like about a
1: totally automated McDonald's, right? So you, like, go through the drive through you order some machine back there cooking up the fries, you know, dropping the burgers, doing whatever, and then they, like, dropping it off to you. So I think, like, use cases like that... Um, is where we're going to, like, see more of it in, like, the next couple of years coming up. Because companies, you know, large companies, they're always going to want to save money. They're always going to want to increase their profits. So they're Mm going to try to figure out, like, how can I get rid of humans, right? Um, But also it's it's kind of exciting, too, because to your point, like, even though I don't have any seasoning, right? Because you could be like, write this like a black person. And then it'd be like, hey, sis, how are y'all doing? What (laughs) up? And it's like... (laughs) larry please get it together um so even though it doesn't have like that you know that that vernacular of the the slang or like you know how we talk it's still like a good starting point i feel like nothing is more intimidating than a blank page nothing Mm. is more stressful than a blank page so even if you have like at least a good starting point and then you can add your own you know flavor and edit into it it's it's a good um starting point but yeah i definitely encourage people to to test it out, play it, play around with it, you know, th- tools like Canva, Notion. There's a whole bunch of tools out there that you can, like, um, use different AI tools for. Um, but, yeah, make your life easier as long as you can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you—I wonder, I wonder this. Do you see, like, a lot of, like, Latin women, like, in marketing? Or are you kind of like the anomaly?
1: I feel like you see Latinas, women of color, a lot in multicultural marketing, right? So it's like— I'm marketing a brand to black people, right? Mm. I'm the VP of Multicultural Marketing at Coca-Cola or whatever, right? Mm. Um, but oftentimes you don't see a lot of people of color in these spaces, especially not in, like, higher-up positions. So that's how you get, like, campaigns that brands get canceled, right? Because mm. why? Did nobody approve this? Did y'all not run this by one black person? Like, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? Like, the Juneteenth uh, ice cream. That came out a couple of years ago. Was that Ben and Jerry's or something? I don't know who yeah. the hell it was, but it was dumb. <laughs> yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And it's like, did y'all check with any black person? Like, y'all can't just throw kente cloth on anything and just make it black. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can't just throw... um adobo on something and try to make it hispanic and there's also so many nuances to like culture right like Mm -hmm. being african from africa is a different experience from being an african american It's a different experience from being african from the uh, black from the caribbean It's a different experience from being dominican from the bronx versus being mexican from miami like it's just so different and it really frustrates me that marketing uh agencies and companies don't they try to treat us all like one big group. Like, put the black and the Latinos together. They're going to be comrades, right? They're going to ride together, compadres. And it's like, you cannot throw a cowboy hat on everything and, (laughs) like, make it Texas, you know? So it is very frustrating um, to be, you know, considered one of the few or, like, an anomaly. But I think that there is room for for more of us. Um, And I'm definitely seeing more and more women like getting into into the fold for sure. Okay.
0: How does how does somebody even get started in marketing? Do they like intern, like if they're like in college, like somebody who is interested, do they like start with interning or mm-hmm. do they start with their own stuff? Or how, how could somebody even get started in like marketing?
1: Man, these college kids have businesses from freshman year, okay? They ma- they making millions in college. If I had these all these tools when I was in college, baby, I might have not even finished, okay? I'm going to save my money on the student loans. Um, but, yeah, definitely I think marketing is one of those things that it takes soul, right? Like, it's like, yeah, you could go to school and you could learn all the processes, but, like, what makes a good marketing campaign, again, it's like, being able to to understand like, how to read a room right being able to understand your target customer being able to under to be creative right to to be able to to imagine something in your head and like bring it to life in a photo shoot or in a video campaign or or whatever it is so yes while you can learn a lot of those like hard skills in school um, i really think that with marketing the beauty is just like you can create anything in your mind, right? So just being creative, um, kind of like, you know, being an artist, right? It's like mm. writing a song. Yeah, you can go to school to, like, learn how to, like, write a song or learn how to, like, produce music, but it's, if you don't have it, you don't have it, right? You could, you could have the best bars in the world. If you don't know how to deliver it, if, you're, if you don't know how to, you know, put something together that people could feel, it's like it doesn't matter all the, the training that you got, you know? Mm. So I think I say just get started, honestly
0: okay yeah I wanna um we need somebody I need I need somebody see but I wanna I want I guess I'm in a position where I want to grow with somebody that could help me market because I feel yeah. like we are still growing you know I mean growing entity growing podcasts and so I want to like because I want to learn too I want to learn like okay what is my messaging cuz I feel like it always starts from the top, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The person who is driving the thing, what is the message that yeah, we want to put out? Vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I want to make sure and sometimes with these big brands that you was mentioning, I think some of that is kind of like a strategy to put out some so that way they can get some at least some notoriety and people getting talking about them. And mm-hmm. once that goes away, you may still have some people that still rock with you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that and may like it, you know what I mean? So I feel like some of that is a strategy to kind of get some brand awareness if, mm-hmm. if nothing else, you know what I mean? Uh, you know
1: who's the king of that 50 Cent? 50 Cent's always aggravating somebody. Yes. But it's like he's ag- ag- aggravating somebody because uh, the next season of Power about to come out any day now, you know? And look what he's done with, like, G-Unit Productions. It's, like, huge now. Yes. So, yeah, he's the number one, for me, like, strategic problematic person on the Internet um but if you think even to like uh like the breakfast club right like people go on there and they they clips go viral cuz they would just be on there saying any old thing yeah. stressing people out yeah. so yeah it definitely is people right now are more focused on like you know getting seen and getting heard so however that is going to happen they're going to do it
0: you know mm-hmm. yeah and I even see 50 Cent, like I see him kind of molding or shaping uh Michael, what is it, Michael Rainey junior mm-hmm. and uh Little Meach. I can see him kind of molding them where anytime, like right when BMF show is about to go off the air, I see Michael Rainey starting to say something and he's starting to pick at him just so that people can start watching the other part. I'm like, mm-hmm. I see what 50 doing. Yeah, I see. Yep. I see, I see what he's doing. So you are right, God dang. <laughs> Yeah. And I see most people going viral. I think attention right now is like a – it's almost like you whoring yourself out for attention. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like in the long run, I don't think a brand could be able to to withstand that. Because every time that you're trying to just get attention or trying to go viral Mm – it's never, like, it doesn't doesn't stand a strong foundation if that's all you're trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.
1: If you think about, like, too, like how many one-hit wonders we have out there, right? And it's like nowadays so many people, they want, like, attention is like currency, right? It's like this is how I'm going to get paid, right? I got to get more views, more likes, more comments. I can't, you know, let people forget about me. I got to stay top of mind. But then if you think about, um, artists, like, for example, Rihanna. Rihanna, she's not giving us another album. We need to let it go, right? Yeah. She is very much going into growing her family. She's out here doing her, in the cut, just doing her thing, right? And nobody's like, oh, well, Rihanna's less of an artist because she posts on Instagram once every three months, or Beyonce is less of an artist because she she has the time... She don't even probably write her own captions, you know? Yeah. She's going to give us a drop and then leave, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. So that whole, that sense of urgency that people have to, like, be relevant sometimes, I'm like, but if you think about it, like, really, really good um, artists, entrepreneurs, you know, personal brands, like, they're not out there hoeing themselves for likes and, and things. Like, a lot of the world's richest people have very little Instagram followers nobody knows who they are they're low-key with it you know and I think the people that are always like trying to dance for the camera it's like you're exhausted put it down yes. like put the phone down for yeah. five seconds please Yeah. just stop yeah. you know let your work speak for itself like I really think at least for me personally and, and like the brands that I work with and the people that I work with like the work speaks for themselves and that's what puts them in the room it's not yeah, you know, you want to get visibility. Like, obviously, you found me through another platform, right? But it's, like, it's the work that I did with KG and KG knowing me as a person and knowing, like, my integrity that allows him to, you know, re- recommend me to other people or, like, to stand on on what he says. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people forget that, too, that it's just like, okay, you could be out here dancing for likes, but it's, like, in real life, like, who are you, you know, and what are you about?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if, if your brand is that you're messy, then... Then that's what it is, you know what I mean. That is the cause. I even the shade room when even the mm-hmm. shade room first started, it was like, oh, this shit is messy. Like people, they putting people business out there, mm-hmm. but that's what that's what their brand is, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and so that's and what, the
1: founder of the shade room, she's low key with it too. Like a lot of people don't, you
0: know, I don't her, even, like I've seen her very little. Mm-hmm. I've seen her very little. Yeah, because
1: she's building a, a brand, right? So yeah, there's just so many examples. Even like Cardi B, like I love Cardi B. I love Cardi B, like Strip Club Cardi B, like listen to her music on YouTube. Yes, you are ready <laughs> you already now. You already now. That's like girl. Um, but young Cardi, like she's the perfect example of somebody who like leveraged her platform to get where she needed to go, and then dipped off. Right. So like when she was on Love and Hip Hop, she would or like. Before that, she would always make, like, very funny, like, viral videos, just her talking about whatever, you know, was coming to mind and stuff. Started to go viral, ended up on, you know, Love & Hip Hop, used Love & Hip Hop to launch Bodak Yellow, went, and now look at where she is today, right? But she's not moving in the same way that she was in those early days, right? She's not on in front of the phone all the time. She's not constantly trying to, you know, be everywhere, Because she, like, built her platform, she puts out good music, and people mess with her for that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a time and place, you know, when you're trying to, like, build momentum to leverage what you got where you are. But I don't think if it's 10 years and you doing the same thing for 10 years, baby, at some point, maybe it's you.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Maybe it's you. (laughs) Maybe we need to pivot the strategy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because if you're not moving up, it's like, what are you going to do? Keep being shackled to, to these social media platforms? Like, if your SoundCloud has not popped off and you've been putting music on there for 10 years, then maybe it's time we try something else. Yes. Maybe we need to go to
0: YouTube. Maybe <laughs>
1: we need to go, maybe we need to go see how we can get you on a Spotify playlist, but we can't keep doing the same
0: thing. Or just go to UPS, stay hiring, I heard.
1: Also, also <laughs> I don't want to kill your dreams, but, you know, maybe it's that too. Maybe it's that too. Yeah. Um, so.
0: yeah. And, you know, I've, I found out uh, who Cardi B was I think through Charlemagne cuz he used to mm-hmm. post her when she used to do her little rants on on Instagram mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I think what would would resonate with what, for me with Cardi is just her genuineness you know yeah. what I mean she's just so authentic so real even though it may be considered ghetto or whatever mm-hmm. it's you could you could tell the genuineness and I think yeah. no matter what that 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 that, ble- that bleeds through Whatever her message is, you know what I mean? Cause she know you know she's coming from mm-hmm. a genuine place. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I did want to say this to you, man. Um, how long how long since you've been in back in New York? Uh
1: so Do you go back often? Yeah, I go back. So if my whole family is in New York. They refuse to move to Texas. They're like, Texas is not for us. But I just had a baby. So, you know, the grandma fever is starting to trickle in. Okay. You know, so my mom is either my mom comes down like every month or I, I go up every month so we've been back and forth but i left atlanta I, I left new york to move to atlanta in 2015 i was there for five years um and then i moved to dallas in the pandemic
0: oh, okay but i
1: still get i'm yeah i'm back in new york all the time because there's just no place like new york there's just no place where i could get a pizza at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> or eat a five-star meal or you know get on the like You just can't move like that. Here in Dallas, baby, don't be hungry after 10.30 because you're going to starve. You're going to starve,
0: okay? Listen, I love the people of New York. I hate New York City. The people are cool. Maybe maybe, I'm from California. I'm from L.A. Uh, Okay. So I just don't understand how to even maneuver and get around, you know what I mean? And it's like I I don't feel like public transportation or the train is – Efficient enough to to be able to move like I really want to, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. And it's just it just takes. I went to my first time ever going to New York, right? First time ever going to New York. I went on a talk show, okay. And um, I'll tell you the backstory on the talk show, but I stayed. um, They put me in a hotel for two days, and then after that, I was like, I want to stay in New York just to kind of see what Uh you know, see. And so I stayed a, a total of a week. I ended up staying. I ended. This is when. This is back in the day when Craigslist was like the go to to find shit. And so I went on Craigslist, renting a room from somebody in the Bronx for three days. <laughs> went, to the, <laughs> went to the Bronx, Yikes. stayed in renting a room from somebody. It was like this hot ass room. It was like a little mattress on the floor. But I was like, I just need to stay. For a little while. Like, I ain't been mm-hmm. here for long. And just to trying to get from the Bronx to Anywhere. Manhattan, trying to figure out, I'm like, I don't understand this, shit, man. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how to even move around. But recently, my homeboy, he lives in Poughkeepsie, New York.
1: Mm-hmm, up north. Freaking yeah.
0: beautiful out yeah. there. It is beautiful. He's a dentist out there. Like, I was like, I could live here.
1: Yeah, in the bur- in the, suburbs.
0: Yeah. In the suburbs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, New York is really challenging because it's like, You have to be a logistics expert to, like, move around in New York. And I think that's why, you know, they say, like, oh, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Because it's true. There's just so many things you have to take into consideration. It's like, okay, I got to take this train. And then when I get to 42nd Street, I got to take another train. And it's going to take me 50 minutes. But then I'm going to have to walk 10 minutes. So it's really going to take me an hour. And to get from Brooklyn to the Bronx is a two-day mission. (laughs) To, To get to Staten Island, forget about it. Like, it's just so hard to move around if you didn't grow up in that chaos already you know so like when my son was born i remember i was in the in my mom's house in the bronx and uh the doctor's office was in manhattan or in soho Mm. so it's like having to like get a newborn baby on uh you know his car seat in the car try to drive an hour and a half or like take the train 50 minutes people then you get on the train it's showtime they want to perform they selling candy (laughs) they trying to convert you to christianity it's just so much going on right but i think it's a special experience because again i think it just helps now that i live in in texas it helps me like just manage and navigate situations so much better because everything is slow compared to new york
0: oh yeah right so it's
1: like if i can do all of that Every day going to school, going to work. It's like, this is easy. We're, oh, traffic on 30. Oh, that's
0: yeah, a breeze. Yeah. 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 When people say it's traffic right here, no, it's just a, uh, a little bump, little bumper bumper, but then we're going to get right through it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it ain't that big of a deal. But yeah, i I trying to just navigate. And then when I went into, when I, because to me, coming from Texas, right, and LA, it's like,
1: L.A. traffic is a get out
0: listen I, i'm I'm so glad get out. Yeah, it is it is it is I and then
1: it's like you just stuck in the traffic because there's no other option right so it's like <laughs> you're like oh I don't want to mess with the train but it's like sometimes the train is a good idea because why are we all sitting on the on the street I don't
0: see and I'm used to that so I know how to like go back streets in la you know yeah, what I mean yeah, I know yeah. how to navigate the back streets and you know what I mean all that but it's on
1: la Cienega?
0: La Cienega, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: I'm always cracking up because there's so many um, streets that have, like, Spanish names, but yeah. y'all say it totally different. La Tierra. Uh-huh. La
0: Tierra, La Cienega. Uh, what is this? There's a bunch of lies uh-huh. over there. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, damn, I forgot what I was saying. Just trying to, oh, I feel like with, in New York, I feel like everybody's a hustler in New York. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody is. Even when I went to Hertz Rent-A-Car, trying to rent a car in New York, it was like in this little, little ass, (laughs) little ass little parking garage. I had to drive around in a circle in the parking garage. And when I came, I was like, Mm -hmm. this don't even seem like, it seemed like somebody running a scam at Hertz over here. Like, I don't even trust this shit.
1: Like, the parking lot, is not only a Hertz parking lot, it's also a parking lot for somebody's building. (laughs) It's also a food truck stop and it's also uh, somewhere where you, you ever been, uh, I live in South Dallas now, so South Dallas is a parking lot where uh, a car will post up, they'll have a folding table and then he's selling sheets. (laughs) Sir, where do you get these sheets from? Why are you selling a sheet set? Like, people are gonna sell you something in New York and (laughs) There's always going to be a multi-purpose. The one place that you go is never going to be just that.
0: Yeah. The restaurant
1: is going to be something else. The bodega is going to be selling something else. The laundromat, they might have a taco place in there. Yeah. (laughs) You just never know.
0: Yeah. But one thing I do like is the dollar pizzas that are out there. Man, and they big as shit. Like, they not little bitty, these domino little slices. They big as shit pizzas. I'm like, damn, you get this for a dollar? It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And when I went there one time, I took the dollar cab. That was some ghetto shit. What the hell is
1: that? I you, don't even know what that is. You know
0: a dollar cab in New York? No. So I think I was in Brooklyn, I think it was, this time. And it's a van where it drives down like a main street, and you pay a dollar, and you, you get drove down the street, whatever, <laughs> you know. You ever heard a dollar cab What? Me?
1: No. <laughs> this is crazy.
0: So, yeah, it was like a van, and the guy would just drive down the street. When he sees somebody, like, trying to get on, he'll stop the car. They'll slide the the sliding door on. You get in, and then it this, the See, he Okay, goes. let me tell you
1: something. That's not for me, because the way that I'm not trying to get uh, kidnapped or sex trafficked, no thank you. That sounds like I'm going to get kidnapped.
0: Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, if the van
1: door open like this, on the side. It's, giving, it's giving kidnapping.
0: And listen, this was all like, okay, I guess this is what they do in New York, and this is like, okay, we in a dollar cab, and it was, it was like, I was like, this shit is wild. New York is wild. Yeah. That is
1: insane.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, but I love, I love the energy of New York, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially just because I'm from LA, where I know it's always something going on. You know what I mean? And so I like that. And so New York is like, you know what I mean? It got that kind of flavor. Yeah. You can hear music from people outside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of energy, which I like. Yep. Coming here, like I I hardly ever people see people outside. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody's like,
1: walking, there's no sidewalks. Not,
0: yes. I'm like, man, okay. Yeah, I, I I just wanted to just see if if you felt the same way about me about Texas and, and this whole thing. That's that's what we're yeah. really I, I love to see.
1: Texas. I mean Yeah, it's an adjustment, but I hate, like, when people move somewhere and then they expect it to be, like, where they came from. Like, it's like, you're not going to move to Dallas, Texas, and expect it to be anywhere close to New York, right? Mm. So I know a lot of New Yorkers that have moved to Texas move back because they're just like, oh, it's too slow, like, I can't keep up, like, it's just, there's nothing to do. But it's also, like, I'm just in a different stage in my life. Like, I have a family, you know, like, I live in a house, like, I'm just moving differently than like what i was doing in new york when i was in my 20s going to brunch you know trying to be everywhere doing everything um but yeah i love it i i definitely recommend people more people move to dallas i know they'd be saying that we're full we're not we're not is this camera on me we're not full come on down uh dallas uh board of tourism and relocation contact me Uh i'm the ambassador for relocating to texas 'Cause I just think there's just so many opportunities here. It is. I just think there's just so so much room to grow. Like in New York, it's hard for people to to make it, right? Because there's just so many people there trying to make it, right? Even in Atlanta, like, you couldn't step outside and not meet an entrepreneur, not meet, you know, but it's like here there's just so much opportunities for like content studios, podcast studios, you know, lash checks, hair, like all of that, there's just so many people here in this big-ass metroplex that it's like, why not take advantage of those entrepreneurial opportunities where you can build something and be known for that versus, like, going into a market where all of that stuff already exists, you right. know? Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And you said, I remember you, um, you said you have, your company is called One Day... CMO. One Day CMO. Mm-hmm. Is you guys, if a team, are you guys hiring? Are you guys looking for like up and coming people that want to get in like PR or what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I have a team because um, I run an a- agency. So I create the strategy and then my team executes the strategy. So we have like copywriter, graphic designer, web developer. Um, so, yeah, I'm always looking for creatives um, to do different campaigns and things like that. And also what's important, too, I think is just, like, training, right? So, like, I love to um, to work with folks and just, you know, if it's an internship opportunity or, or something like that, helping folks get started. Because it's hard to get experience when nobody wants to give you a chance to get the experience, right, and to make the mistakes and things like that. Um, so I do a lot of, like, speaking and training and stuff like that um, on marketing because I think it's important to allow people to have their shot like somebody took it took a chance on me right when I was 19 years old and I wouldn't be where I am today without that so totally um yeah open to that
0: okay all right are you the only one like in uh I want to say like I guess your your immediate family that took this path or do you have somebody that was like hey you need to get into marketing
1: no so my whole family is they're all social workers Mm. They want to help the people. You know, my mom has been uh, at her same company for like 15 years. Um, My aunt, same thing. She's a social worker. She works with the uh, undocumented population. Mm. My mom works with uh, HIV AIDS population. And then I have a cousin who also, she works in Puerto Rico and she's a social worker. And every day I remember growing up, my mom and my aunt would come home just like telling me, you know, what was going on with their cases, right? Like, you know, I just had to remove this child from this family because of X, Y, Z, or, you know, this is going on or, you know. And it's just like growing up constantly hearing the amount of stress that they had and the amount of, like, problems that they had to bring home. Mm -hmm. I was just like, it's giving never for me. I do not want to be in any type of situation or any type of, of career path where I have to constantly be stressed, right? Um, so that was one thing. And then two, growing up in the Bronx and growing up poor, like, it wasn't like, oh my God, like, you know, I didn't have anything to eat for days. Like, it wasn't that, but it was like, you know, my friends was wearing Jordans and I was wearing, I don't know, Keds some, or some, something. yeah, yeah, exactly. K Swiss, you know, yeah. trying to like keep up. And I never could quite keep up, if that makes sense, um, with a lot of my, my other friends. So I always like had kind of like that chip on my shoulder, and I knew, like, I have to be rich. Like, I have to make a lot of money. Like, there's just no way that uh, being, uh, you know, lower class or, like, lower middle class was going to cut it. I'm like, I need to be up there, okay? I need to be what y'all make in, in a year. Like, I want to be paying that in taxes, you know? Mm. Um, and... Quickly, I realized, like, okay, well, what are the industries where people are are making a lot of money um, that also, like, I could use my skill sets? And because I love to run my mouth, and, again, like, I love writing and communications, like, marketing just seems to be, you know, the best fit. Um, But now I think there's just so many different industries. Had I known, you know, then what I know now, like, I don't know if I would still have ended up in marketing because now there's just – so much to do like just Mm -hmm. literally just so many careers and i'm just like oh my god you do that like that's crazy um but yeah i just yeah there was nobody in my family that was particularly entrepreneurial or in marketing um i would say well my grandma my grandma's a a big entrepreneur my grandfather too he's a contractor um so i saw him like you know run his business when when he was younger before he retired out um My grandma, so in uh, Puerto Rican culture, we make this thing called pasteles, which is basically like green plantain with like meat inside, like kind of like a, a meat pie, if you will. Um, so growing up, literally every single, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving season, she would like make a whole bunch and like sell, sell a dozen for like $20, $30. Mm-hmm. She would make Coquito, sell that, you know, um, my grandfather, obviously he was a contractor. So he would like always be in the neighborhood, like putting up somebody cabinets, putting up, you know, painting, doing something, helping out the church, helping out the school. So I grew up seeing, my grandma also ran a. Daycare, and I say daycare because it was just like my cousins and all of my mom's coworkers would just you know pay my grandma hundred dollars a week like to to watch their kids before they were school age. So I s- grew up seeing just like all the things that my grandma had to do to like you know make money and mm. um and and survive essentially. So from that, I think I was never afraid to enter entrepreneurship because I've just always seen people hustling to get it right, like trying to figure out how we're going to do this, having a side job, having a this. So it wasn't foreign to me. And I think that's what took my career to the next level. Cause even when I was working full time, I always like had some side project going on, some side hustle. I was still running my agency, still taking on clients. So I w- I was never like overwhelmed at the amount of like hard work that it took to become successful because it was like I've just seen people work hard on my life.
0: Mm, you know? Yeah. Do you start Cause you seem like um the vibe that I'm getting from you. You seem very humanitarian, like, you know what I mean? Mm. That's the vibe that I'm getting. Mm. A, am I reading that wrong, or?
1: Humanitarian how, like, I want to save the save the the children, save the little children, that, save uh, the whales.
0: That save them.
1: <laughs> because I'm like, I believe the children are the future. However, I'm not donating 20 cents a day. <laughs> them St. Jude commercials, they don't be getting me. No, I'm kidding.
0: No, I, I just feel like, like, I feel like you have such like a, a a really big knowledge that you can pass on or share your experiences and like you're considered like from the lower class, you know what I mean? That you can just pour into like little kids and I just I just got this that feeling oh, yeah, or that spirit yeah, yeah, yeah. like where you really I can see you talking to like and taking on a bunch of little Latin Latino girls, little black girls to, like, a little camp for the summer or some mm-hmm. shit, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I yeah. can see you doing One something. One of my like dreams is to open up, like, do some sort of, like, workforce development or, like, a training or school or something like that. You know how they have, like, schools, like, you know, you go get your CDL license mm-hmm. or become an esthetician. Like, I would ideally, like, love to open up, like, some sort of training program to help people, like, become marketers and, like, virtual assistants and all that. Like, basically, like, supporting entrepreneurs like Mm. entrepreneurial support staff um but yeah i mentor so i have a mentee she's been my mentee since um she was a freshman in college now she's 28 maybe Mm. baby girl is a she literally is traveling between london uh nigeria and texas on different projects doing i mean she's she's doing better than me (laughs) um but yeah i think it's it's so important because again like it's like if I didn't have mentors and if I didn't have people like pointing me in the right directions, connecting me, putting my names in rooms, like I would have never progressed. So I think it's really important for me to do the same with anybody that I work with. Right. So even like my clients it's like, OK, well, I know somebody at Target. So like let's try to figure out if we could get your product in Target. Right. Or I know somebody who did this podcast. So like you should, you know. Do this with them. So I'm always, I'm a big connector and I have a big heart for people because I just really believe that connections move the world. Again, you can have all the skills in the world, but if you're not well connected and you're not well respected. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Good luck.
1: Yeah. So I definitely do have a heart for, for the youngsters. Um, And yeah, and hopefully one of these days I could launch that, launch a program. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to get with you figure out how to how to get some grant money.
0: Listen, I've been I've been doing a bunch of little studies and trying to figure out. I've been applied to a couple of different grants. I don't know here in the little bit. Yeah. If I got them, but I'm always trying to figure out a way to one, I want to grow my staff, you know what I mean? I want to be able to, you know, grow my my my, my whole just platform, get into a bigger building where I'm able to allow other people to use our facility, mm-hmm. use our tech or use our all this equipment mm-hmm. to be able to do whatever they want to do. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of like my 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 next goal is to get an actual building where people could come in and use the use the equipment. Cause this shit is shit ain't easy. This shit ain't easy, and it ain't inexpensive
1: right it's definitely not cheap. these microphones alone be costing a couple hundred dollars
0: <laughs> yes, so yeah, um, what do you see what do you see yourself like growing like in the next five years? Oh,
1: in the next five years so I'll be uh in my late thirties. You know, it's hard for me to think about what I'm going to be doing in the next five years. I feel like my whole life I've been like chasing a goal, chasing a goal, chasing a goal. And I really feel like I'm living an answered prayer. Like the Mm. only thing I ever wanted to be with a mom, like Mm. even though I'm great at marketing, I really feel like God put me on this earth to like to be a mom. Right. And to and to be in a position to really mom. Right. Because my mom was a great mom, but she worked three jobs. So she missed everything. Mm-hmm. Right. She mm-hmm. would she would leave before I would wake up to go to school in the morning and I would be asleep before she came home at night. She worked on the weekends. So even though she like gave me a great life, it was like she wasn't present. And I really feel like that strained our relationship. And I think all my whole generation, we all looking at our parents like, where the f- were you at? Mm-hmm. Where were you at? You missed this. You missed that. Like. What's up, you know? So I really think I'm in a position now to use my gifts to give my son a better life, but to be there, right? Mm. Like being able to, to take a almost six-month maternity leave, right? That's not something that people could do financially, mm. you know? Right. Um, and just mentally, being with a baby all day is exhausting. But I really, really think that because I'm just in such a good place and so content with where I am right now, I haven't even thought about, like, what's next like where do I go from here like I I do know like I said that I want to open up some sort of like training school or some some sort of training program I really see myself like serving entrepreneurs instead of um serving clients so mm. right now my clients pay me to do marketing eventually I want like a company or 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 a, a government or you know to pay me and then I could provide my services for free or um you know I could teach for free without the entrepreneur having to pay me um because it's hard you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not cheap at all but definitely maybe having another baby you know gets giving big family it's giving by I'm an only child I'm a mom's only child um my dad has seven kids so I do have other brothers and sisters but growing up it was just me and it was Mm -hmm. whack it -hmm. was lame so I'm like (laughs) okay I'm not gonna do that to my baby um Yeah, definitely in five years, I'm going to just be killing it in like motherhood, figuring out how to, you know, pass on what I know to the next generation because respectfully, I'm trying to retire by 40. I'm trying to be out the game. I'm trying to be living somewhere. You know, I have a house. Hopefully my house will be paid off. My car will be paid off. And I'm just out here showing up where I I need to Mm -hmm. and where I want to. Not because I have to. um, Because, yeah. This whole like oh I have to work for money is ghetto. Yeah. it's ghetto. It's ghetto.
0: Yeah. How old is the baby boy? How...
1: He is about to be five months.
0: Okay, all right, so yeah. real new baby. Yep, okay. yep,
1: yep. He was born in January, so I, I, so my last client I'm never gonna forget was December seventeenth. That was like my last client call, and now I'm starting to like creep back in um, on a couple of different projects, but definitely not full force how I was like doing before. Um, but yeah.
0: I, has uh has motherhood has it calmed you down or has it really brought out the really fire in you mm-hmm.
1: so yeah so like for example these last two nights so I'm uh like I told you the the curator for a tequila brand here in Dallas um and part of my job is to host um artists um DJs musicians you know that are either from Dallas or come in town so last night uh, I hosted DJ Wayne and Vito and it's like I have a baby, so it's like I'm at the club, then I'm getting home from the club, my baby's breastfeeding, then I'm getting up at eight o'clock in the morning because homeboy doesn't believe in sleeping in, Mm. you know? So it's like, in a in a season where I thought I was gonna be exhausted and depleted, I'm just like, okay, what's next? Where we going, what we doing? I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, again, I wanna, I feel so much joy Mm. that I feel like that joy gives me energy, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think so many people, when they're like passionate about something like they don't they don't care about sleep they don't care about nothing right it's like we're just gonna get to it so I don't think motherhood per se was the thing that that like lit the fire under me I think it was just like just being at a place where I'm so content and I'm so happy and I don't have any worries in the world um I think gives me so much room to be creative and to and to expand and to grow because I'm not like Miserable, you know, mm-hmm.
0: with my baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. We just had a. Um, I just had another baby during the pandemic. How
1: many you have?
0: I got four total. I got a set of twins.
1: Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I Fool
0: got down. a set of twins. I got my stepson, and then I got my little baby girl. Okay. So, so yeah, I got four, and I know with, during the pandemic with her uh the baby girl she is like it's so it's so crazy to even think like dang just during the pandemic she was just born now she's running around walking talking telling us what she want what she don't want i'm just like man that was just not too long ago like the pandemic don't seem that far <laughs> long uh-huh. ago uh-huh. but just seeing her like man yeah and i think for me having her cuz i wasn't in the house with my twins you know what i mean those were my first um, but just being in the house with her every single day is really like, like, I ain't got no excuses. I can't, like, I gotta go and figure this shit out. Like, mm-hmm. cause I know when she looking at me, I, like, I just can't see, I can't think of the fact where I'm just like, maybe I, I ain't got it. Like, so yeah, man, mm. man.
1: Having kids, I think it changes your perspective. Cause I also feel like before having a baby, like I had no patience.
0: Mm.
1: No patience. Like, I was always in a rush to get everywhere. Um, I was in a rush to go to my next goal, rushing in a car in traffic, you know? Like, I just live so fast all the time. Mm. And I feel like having a kid really, like, slows you down. And it's just, like, nothing is ever that serious, you know? I've noticed. Like, I think the things that I used to, like, get so worked up about and, like, would be so stressed out about, it's like, they don't even matter anymore, you know? It's like, okay. You know, there's 500 dishes in the sink. Fuck the dishes. I'm gonna do tummy time with my baby. Yeah, you know, yeah, or it's yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, uh, it's it's Sunday and I don't want to get up. It's like, okay, let's get up. Let's go to the park. Let's be outside in this hot ass Dallas sun, Sway my hair out. You know, it's like it's fine. Um, and I think again, like that really has helped me just evolve. I think because. I didn't realize, you know, you just become so so self-aware as a parent. Like, I just didn't realize, like, okay, I'm a great communicator, you know, in public, but at home, I'm a horrible communicator, Mm. right? So, like, even, like, with my partner, like, trying to figure out, like, parenting together, every day we want to kill each other. Because you start to just learn, like, oh, shit, like, I'm not the best communicator. Or, oh, I thought I was a little more organized. Or, oh, I thought, you know, you think you're going to get out the house at 12? You're not. You're not. You thought you was leaving the house at 1230. You're leaving at 1 o'clock, minimum, you know? So it's just like all those things. Like, even to get here, I was like, I had to lie. And I was like, it's at 1230. Because I knew that we was not going to get here on time. I knew we was not going to get here on time. So even just like all those things, it's just like, okay, you know, your brain just kind of starts to to wire differently when you're a parent. And it's just really exciting because I think all, all the things that I'm learning as a parent, like, I can apply in other places.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, I want to thank you, Emily, so much. Like, I'm a, I am I follow you on Instagram, one, because I know you drop jewels. You drop just from the short time from the time KG posted something about you and me following your page now. Like, I've picked up little small gems from you dropping just little videos and stuff and just listening to some of the, the information that you dropped in, in uh, your podcast, your interviews. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm about to – Steal as much as game as I can until I can be able to pay her. But I I appreciate you, man. Thank you for tapping in with us, man. Of course,
1: of course. And, you know, like I said, I have a heart for people. So if you need anything, you already know. You can text me, call me. I'm happy to help, happy to plug you in in any way that I can.
0: Yes, the same here, man. Yo, thank y'all for tapping in, man. Thank you, Emily, again. This has been the Tap In Podcast, man. We out of here. Thank y'all.